Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Thank you this morning. This is the word of the Lord, quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing a son and piercing even to the division between spirit and soul, bone and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. We thank you, Lord, that the word of God is quick and powerful, and that this sharp two-edged sword changes lives and is able to discern between thoughts and intents is able to build us up in the faith and cause us to mature spiritually. And that, Lord, we might grow and be blessed. So not only will we go into the new month with a blessing on our lives, but we will grow in the Lord constantly all the days of our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus. All God's people said, Amen. Amen. Good to be with you this morning. And um, I have a word from the Lord here that I want to... um, read to you. Two weeks from now, on Thursday, I start a course which we've never done in the Bible school. It's actually the Bible school presentation. It'll happen every Thursday night for four weeks in a row, and it is all about what happened during the three nights, the three days and three nights that the Lord, after the Lord had died on the cross, from the cross to until he descended to the right hand of God the Father. You know, um, I think these are things that it's there in the Word. A lot of people don't know them. And so there's huge revelation around that when you follow the footsteps of Jesus and you find out what our Lord did for us. And so may that build you up. And now I want to go to the um, Bible in John chapter number uh, 647. Let's take that one first. I'm going to do some things that I wanted to do last first and first last. And tonight, the theme over the Sunday nights is meeting the needs of the people through the power of God. We minister to people in the Spirit and pray for people. So ministry is short, but then most of it will be used to meet the needs of the people because a lot of people have gone through very difficult times in this time past during this COVID period of time. So let's get down to praying for the people. And may the Lord give you a breakthrough miracle also. Can you say amen? I'll see you tonight for that, if the Lord so permits. And um, here in John uh, chapter number 6, verse 47, I'm going to get in some things here that, that you know, uh, and not a week goes by that I'm not learning. I mean, it's just amazing. Because you see things... And you read things, and then the next thing, you see things. So, we have here the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he says, Most assuredly, or verily I say. In other words, definitely, emphatically, it is so. I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. Stop right there. He who believes in me has everlasting life. How many of you today believe in Jesus Christ? Let me see your hands right now. Now, he who believes in me, I have chosen the word belief. A believer 
How many of you today say you're believers? Okay. Then I'll just take you there by just quote. You can check it in your Bible too. In Hebrews chapter number 11 and verse 1 that says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith. He who believes, faith. Believes, belief, faith. Right. Two words. When you say belief, then you are using a verb action right there. When you say faith, it's a noun. Kom van Afrikaans. Dis een naamwoord, selfstandige naamwoord, en is een werkwoord. Groot verskil tussen die twee. The one depicts action. The other one is something that is described now, faith is. This thing we're talking about, that's a noun. Now, if you understand, that's the fundamentals of grammatica, talkende, grammatica, grammatics, and whatnot. Believe, if you say you're a believer, and I go here, in front of me is the Greek, I'm reading it from the Greek literally, homologia, and it says here, it is an expression of allegiance as an action. See, it's a verb. It's not a noun. Secondly, it is a statement, according to the B. Dag, very powerful dictionary, this one. It is a statement of allegiance as content of an action. If you say, I'm a believer, it's a statement of allegiance as content, content of an action. It is an expression of allegiance as an action. Confessing that you're a believer. Now, having said that, the word therefore says, before I explain anything here, let us, this is Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 19, and onwards. So I could, we always talk about approaching the holiest through the blood of Jesus, through the veil which is his flesh, on a new and a living way with our hearts assured in faith. Then verse number 23 of Hebrews 10, specifically, I'm going to read to you. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope, a confession connected to belief. Your belief. How many of you are a believer for life? Let me see it right now. So now that believer is someone who's got to go into action. Now we spoke about faith without works is dead. And we know that works is also an expression of our action. It is the outward expression of an inward, complete and utter full-time, full-blooded full um, persuasion and the person yielding his or her life to Jesus. So as to afterwards said, I'm a believer. How many of you can raise your hand and say, I'm a believer? When you talk about the noun, 
it's a different thing that you talk about. It's a naamwoord. It's a selfstandige naamwoord. It is a noun. And it is something that is defined very beautifully so in the book of Hebrews chapter 11 and verse number one as I've said before. So then here we read, let us in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 here, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. How many of you have that hope of glory in your heart that you're going to see heaven and the kingdom of God and the golden city? Let us hold fast to the confession. So this same word, homologia, in this Greek word, I'm just quoting it straight here, see it here on the Greek text. If I take that same thing and I bring it into my current life, I say, hold fast to this confession. How many of you tomorrow are going to say, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer? And how many of you are going to say, next year you're a believer? Right, so that is where the word believer, Jesus said, Verily I say unto you, he believes in me as everlasting life. And I will raise him up in the last day. That belief is a system of life. It's an action that goes on in this life. So let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Do you believe that? You just said it, you believe that. And so saying so, it is part of your system of being a new creature. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away, behold, all things have become new. Second Corinthians 5.17. Now, let us hold fast to the confession. Now here comes the problem. Because believers do not always confess the word, the word of faith. And they are drawn in. I speak of two systems. There was a speaker by the name of Bob Mumford. He was, Billy Graham, the evangelist, used to call him the world's best orator, the best speaker. And Bob Mumford was confounding on his teaching of the kingdom of God. He had what he called the kingdom of God philosophy. And then he would explain the kingdom of God and in a most wonderful thing, in a most wonderful way, Maud used to teach it, I used to teach it. It is just, he did it with illustrations. It's just a brilliant thing as you see yourself going into this transition as a believer in the kingdom of God. Your belief system carries you eternally. Might as well say amen to that. How many of you say I don't intend giving up my faith. I don't intend stopping my belief system that I am a Christian forever and ever, I believe. Can you say, I believe? All right, so that being said, hold fast to this confession. Now I come to a point here where I have a little story I want to read here. And uh, this year is um, from Dr. Je David Jeremiah. He gives this in the David Jeremiah Study Bible. It is said on one occasion that a young man came to a great orator, that is somebody who's a, a great speaker, to be trained in oratory. 
in his first meeting with his famous teacher, the potential student began to talk without stopping. When the orator could finally get a word in, he said, young man, I will have to charge you a double fee. A double fee? Why is that? I will have to teach you two subjects. First, how to hold your tongue. And then, how to use it. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith. For he who promised is faithful. We need to understand this confession brings possession in our lives. If we confess our believership right there, John 1, 17. For the law came through Moses, the Torah, five books of Moses. But grace and peace, mercy, forgiveness, grace, chanada, came through Jesus Christ. Grace, grace is love at work, love giving and doing for the unlovely and the unworthy. I quote again, what is grace? Grace is love in operation, like our belief system. We confess, we hold on to the confession. When, we conf when, you, when you're born again, you step right into the kingdom of God philosophy of life. From there, the kingdom of God rule is in one's life. We follow the red letter words of Jesus Christ. We say, I'm a believer. We try to conduct ourselves according to what we believe. When you read the Word of God, you discovered Galatians 3 verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham has come, come upon the Gentiles, the Goyim. And because of that, we've received the promise of the Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit of Christ is within us. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. Grace is God's love at work because we find out, John 1, 17, grace came through Jesus. Hebrews 2, Ephesians 2, verse 9. By grace, you have been saved through faith. There's the noun. There's the noun that unlocked the grace. And that grace unlocks every single promise by faith, according to your belief system. There are two kinds of systems we're talking here. The one is, like Bob Mumford called it, the kingdom of God philosophy. And the other one is the kingdoms of this world, which lie in the sway of the evil one, which is the kingdom of darkness that is covering all the earth 
and Second uh, Corinthians 4, 4, and Satan has blinded the eyes of the people lest the glory of God should shine on their faces. So if the people are in the system of the world, 1 John chapter number 4 says, they are of the world and they speak as of the world. This is the Antichrists. And the branches he battled, they speak as of the world. But you are of God, little children, for greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. The world speaks and the world listens to them, it says there. They speak and the world listens to them. So in the world system, when thou switchest, switchest on thine television, you have the bubble beginning to you know negative, 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 negative. Trouble, 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 this, that, and the other. I don't spend my time listening to all of that. I am a believer. As a believer, I will fortify with faith, not with a bunch of unbelief. Can you say amen? amen. That is such a bad thing to do. That's why you find, I'll just put it on the cell phone and have a little app and just look on the app and read. The, just read what I want to read unless I skip because it is irrelevant because if you are in the kingdom of God, operating according to the kingdom of God philosophy, you can come right into this dimension and take authority and bind Satan and yet prosper and be protected of God and be blessed by God and prosper and get promotion and come out on your salary and still have enough to help other people and, and shall I go on? You could be right in the middle of whatever. It's going to be good to talk about how Christ descended into the, into the lower parts of the earth. I'm going to say this is Afrikaans, so please bear with me if you do speak English, but I think this is important for everybody that could speak Afrikaans here. You know the saying, Ek glo in God die Vader, die Almachtige, die Skepper van Himmel en Aarde, en Jesus Christus, die enige geboren Seen. Want ontvangers ontvang is die Heilige Geest, geboren uit die Maag Maria, gekruis gestorven het, en tot ter helle neergedaal het, wat opgestaan het uit die dode, en opgevaar het in die Himmel, waar hy sit aan die rechthand van God, die Almachtige Vader. How many of you know that? Right. What happened when he descended to the lower parts of the earth? Right. We don't descend into that stuff here on earth. Jesus walked. You never see Jesus Christ, the Son of God, says, what's the news now with Pontius Pilate? What's the news? What did the Roman emperors say lately? Oh, did you see who's the new members of the Sanhedrin? Oh, one place Jesus just says, go tell that jackal. One of those rulers just could kill the jackal. Those things do not move me. In my life, it does not move me. As I ever grow more intense with God, it does not move me at all. I don't bother to look at that. I couldn't care about that. I could live anywhere on the planet and be blessed right there. And so could you. By the way, how many of you are believers? How many of you are going to be believers all your life? How many of you are really going to believe when you see Jesus? How many of you know that He's got a better life for you? 
Would you, li- would you like to give the Lord a good praise offering, everybody? I'm just reading. Maybe I should read it like this, yeah. Believe is a verb while faith is a noun. Believing is action is an action word. Faith is a result of a person having acted or believed. Faith is a result of a person having acted or believed. Believing in the New Testament sense means action that results in possession. A confession, you confess, I believe, I have stepped straight into the kingdom of God by His stripes, I'm healed. I've stepped into something I believe. It's part of my belief system. It is now mine. I'm not a citizen of the kingdom of darkness anymore. And how do we gain possession on this planet, by the way? Is when we act. You see, we always talk about faith in actions. Actually, the believing that causes the action. Because that is clearly spoken so in the Greek text. When you believe in Christ, it means you've taken possession of what the Father has given you. You take possession of what He has given you. And you've got authority. There was a man of God, I just happened to see, you know, just, you know, in his final sermons, Dr. Kenneth E. Hagan used to speak about the authority of the believer. Some people don't even understand their authority. Some people are suffering when they don't have to suffer. See? But with my time chasing me, as always, believing is an act of your will. Faith with works is where your outward life begins to tell people that you're a believer. I was speaking to a longtime friend of mine, and um, we were talking about just this exact same thing. That faith manifests itself has to manifest. But, you know what I said to you in the early days of the Bible school, we planted the Bible school in 1986. Now from 1987, I took some of the second year level students that year. And I began saying to them, I give you three minutes, prepared or unprepared. I give you a topic you speak. First, to just get them to plow the ground in those years. I would say, okay, tomorrow this is the title you're going to speak about this. And I would call them out and then grade them. You know what I said to that? That was the doctor I'm talking about. I said to him, um, you know, when a student steps up to the pulpit and begins to talk, I can within 30 seconds say, he's done his job, he knows what he's talking about, I know that he's not, he's not. I, I went on to say to him, you know what? If I listen to somebody praying, within 30 seconds I can tell you he's got the spirit or he's just going through the motions. And I would, on average, grade a student within the first minute and say to him to sit down and give him a mark. Just like that, quickly, quickly. Because you feel the presence of God. You feel the presence of God. 
Now, that having been said, uh, I want you to go in your Bibles to the book of James, chapter number 3. I'll take it from the second verse here. James chapter number 3, verse number 2. For we all stumble in many things. All stumble. If anyone does not stumble in word, in other words, what he's talking about, what is his discussion point? How does he carry his conversation? Well, you know, I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man. He is a perfect man. The Greek here is teleos, which means a complete and mature believer. We're talking about believers here because this is a letter to the believers from the Apostle James. Um, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a completed. Therefore, the commentaries that I've been seeing all over, I do a lot of commentaries. I love to read the different commentaries on different verses and so on and so forth. But you know, in my research, I saw that the unanimous thought was a person that knows to be careful of not stumbling in his words is a person that's developed maturity. Now, James chapter number one, verse number 19, says these words. Let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. The Amplified Bible goes a little bit more deeper into it. It says, you know, be careful, listen carefully, pay attention to how you listen. Keep your focus on listening, but be very slow when you speak. Slow to wrath. Of course, we know that the wrath of God Wrath of man does not please God. So, if anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man. Able to also, now notice this, bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put, in other words, let me say that. I've got to stop and go back to that. Bridle the whole body. Believers bridle their bodies by what they say over their bodies. They bridle their bodies by saying the wrong things about their own flesh and not understanding the power of the kingdom of God children that's flowing from their lips. Indeed, we put butts in horses' mouths that they may obey us and we turn their whole body. Turn their whole body. In other words, we guide them. Look also at ships. Although they are so large, these are all metaphors here, and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is the fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue 
is so set among our members, now notice this, that it defiles the whole body. It's very interesting. The Greek here is the word spillo, which means to spill out. It, you say things and it spills over your own body and it defiles it. It's like speaking. Imagine a fountain coming out of a person's mouth and it's very poisonous and dirty water and it goes and it just, they just become unclean after that because they have, of every idle word that man shall speak, he shall give an account in the day of judgment the words of Jesus Christ. That spills out of their mouth. It's a fountain. And that fountain poisons people's systems. Even their families and marriages and everything else. Now, it defiles the whole body and sits on fire. Very interesting, the course of nature. Now, the course in pictography, in terms of the Greek, it means like a wheel or the cycle of life. The cycle of life is what the Greek says here. So if you look at that in the Greek text, you see the cycle of nature, your life. That means your life cycle is affected by what spills over your tongue. From your tongue, that small rudder just goes all the way. But sets on fire the what? The course, the cycle of what? Genesis is the word in Greek. In other words, your offspring. From the second you are coming into this world and you're breathing, the entire course of a person's life is defiled. It spills over them because they have no knowledge of the word. They have no understanding of the word. They're saying the wrong things. They say it all the time. They feed themselves on world news. They feed themselves on the wrong stuff instead of getting into the word of God. If I have time, I'm going to read you something in a moment. I must just get to it and I'll read it. But their whole life cycle, that means from birth to death, when that cycle, that wheel has taken its complete turn from the beginning to the end of your life here on earth, the wheel of life, the cycle of life, the cycle of, it says literally here, Genesis in the Greek. It also says offspring and lifespan. So now, having said now this to you, for every kind of beast and, and bird of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. How many of you had people say things to you that really offended you? Um, at uh, nine o'clock in the morning, I'm saying, how many of you had people have really offended you in this life? Let me see your hands right now. Spoke some sharp words at you. Maliciously used verbal language and terrorized you perhaps. See? Words spoken by people know not better. And as a believer... I have got a comprehensive defensive system and I know not why 
we have to put on the full armor of God. And I know not why. You know, where Paul in Romans chapter 12 says, Therefore, brethren, I beseech you by the mercies of God that you be not conformed to this world, but be, sh- uh, to, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. James chapter 1, be renewed in your minds by the engrafted word which is able to save your souls, the nefesh, the very essence of life. But no man can tame the tongue. It's an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With that we bless God and our Father, and with that we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring, there's the mouth again, send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh water. I'm hurrying because I want to see if I can get you to just get something here. Now just bear with me because this is something I've got to search for if I can get it, if I can get it. And I know I will get it. And I know you need to say that. Can you say amen to that? All right. I have to get this. This is good for you. This is someone that preached in South Africa. His name is Don Gossett. And Don Gossett came and he spoke and he said these things and then they and then they um, when he spoke it's here in this list but I'll tell you to get it just like that so quickly If you just bear with me for a moment, because I want to read this to you. But it seems to me like it's in the book. And you go so fast through the stuff that when you do that. Okay. Don Gossett preached on what you say is what you get. And he said, never again will I say that I cannot because I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never again shall I say that I'm sick because I've been healed by the blood of Jesus. Never again shall I say that I have fear for God has not given me a spirit of fear but of faith and of power and of a sound mind. Never again shall I say there's a curse on my life because I have the blessing of Abraham in Christ Jesus and every spiritual blessing of the heavens is in Christ Jesus. Maybe I'll get hold of that and have a printout or whatever and uh, read it easier because it's difficult to find it in a book. I read these things fast. And uh, so there it was just something that escaped me. I just wanted to give you this. a guy called Don Gossett. Never again say some things. So I close here. Man, I want you to see this. Oh. Oh. Ah, happy pastor. Everybody say happy pastor. I'm smiling now. Hallelujah. 
Oh, yes. I read this for you. This is not me. This is Don Gossett. He says, never again should you confess that you cannot do something. Proclaim instead, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Never again should you confess lack. Proclaim instead, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Never again should you confess fear. Proclaim instead, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Never again should you confess doubt and lack of faith. Proclaim instead, God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Then again, never again should you confess weakness. Proclaim instead, the Lord is the strength of my life. And the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Never again should you confess the supremacy of Satan over your life. Proclaim instead, he who is in me is greater than he who is in this world. Never again should you confess lack of wisdom. Proclaim instead, Jesus Christ became unto us the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 Never again should you confess sickness. Proclaim instead, by his stripes I am healed. Isaiah 53, 5. And Jesus himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 17. Never again should you confess worries and frustrations. Proclaim instead, I'm casting all my care upon the Lord, for he cares for me. Never again should you confess bondage. Proclaim instead, we, this, um, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, so therefore I shall not proclaim bondage. Never again should you confess condemnation. Proclaim instead, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Never again should you confess loneliness. Proclaim instead, I'm never alone, for Jesus has said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And I will never leave you and nor forsake you, said the Lord Jesus Christ. Never again should you confess curses and bad luck. Proclaim instead, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit of God through faith. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Never again should you confess discontent. Proclaim instead, I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Never again should you confess confusion. Proclaim instead, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Never again should you confess the dominion of sin over your life. Proclaim instead, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And finally, never again should you confess fear of the future. Proclaim instead, what the eye has not seen, nor the ear has heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. I'm a never again man. Can you say you're like that also? How many of you say, I'm a believer? Let me see the believer stand up and give the Lord a praise offering. Shout, I'm a believer. Listen to me. If now faith you pray for somebody who is sick, if you believe... It's a process that now happens. Activated by the prayer of faith, the process gaan voort. You believe, I believe I will be made well. I confess the word over my life. I'm a believer. It's a verb. My life now says, I am healed. 
that promise of Jesus through the blood of the everlasting covenant is mine. And I appropriate it because I am a believer. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. I'm born again. I'm more than a conqueror. I'm accepted in the beloved. Raise your hands and say, I am a believer for the rest of my life in all eternity. I believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the Holy Trinity. I love you, Jesus. I bless you in the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord lift up His countenance over you and be gracious to you. The Lord transform your lives from mediocrity to a believer with a path of victory in front of you. The blessings are there. The blessings all the time. We are no longer part of the world system. We have the kingdom of God philosophy of living and doing. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. All God's people said... For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.